Put us have a little laugh before we go on. <laughs> go on, Dion. <laughs> no. Ahoy there, sailors. We really shouldn't have given Will the bell. No, he is a <laughs> And welcome aboard the good ship that is Whippets and Flat Caps, episode 25, with myself, Master Bates, Will Perry, dressed head to toe in naval gear this week. Alongside me, standing to attention, Roger the cabin boy, Mark Flanagan, and Seaman Staines, John Wilkin. <laughs> We're struggling for signal out here at sea. Uh, Mark's been struggling for signal since the day he was born. But that's a different story. Don't forget, you really should download and subscribe via iTunes, Podbean, or your podcast provider. On Twitter, we are Whippets RL. In fact, we're at Whippets RL, aren't we, Mark? Yes. Because you've always got to put an at at the beginning. Yep. Mm. Your, your introductions are getting more and more obscure. Where, like do, you, using, where do you source that from? I don't know. It's, you it's, Googled it, didn't you? It's partridge inside. It's partridge My soul. Yeah, where did you get all that material from? That's not well, the belt I found in this basement. No, no, that's, that's easy. Where was yeah. the material from? The, the dialogue? Just, it's just in there. It just comes out of me. Mm. It comes out of me at the best of times. Say it comes out of you, but you seem to have written a, lot, written a lot of it down in your iPad. Well, it's that's the power of the podcast, isn't it? Because <laughs> no one can see that. Unless we put a camera there like last week and people can you know, sort of see <laughs> Which it. we don't want to no. see. Uh, look, well, John, what better place to start than you just sort of telling me that I've got a cyst on my leg that I didn't know yeah, about? Yeah, you've got a, um, what's known as a popliteal cyst. Okay. Uh, it's a collection of fluid at the rear of the knee. Right. Uh, Quite common um, in athletic, athletic yeah. people. Well, athletic people. You're very fast, aren't you, Will? Um, Is that why? Yeah, very quick. Yeah, and yeah, it, it, just a gathering of fluid. Okay. It's not, it might not be causing you any problems. Should I be worried at all? No, you shouldn't, should Will. And as a hypochondriac like you, I yeah. think it was a bad idea telling you that you had. Because you were really concerned. Yeah, well, what concerned me more than that was your legs themselves. Yeah, I mean, we've been over this on the podcast. Uh, yeah, I know, but we? particularly shiny today. You've, you've yeah. recently shaved those. They were they were vetted about two hours ago. That's uh, fine. And uh, my balls were as well, Mark. And, Good. Um, Good to know. Uh, pretty much everything apart from my beard and my hair on my head and my eyebrows. Eyebrows, yeah. No. Eyelashes. Yeah. What have you been up to, guys? I've missed you. I've been away for a week. We'll get to that in a minute. Mark? Um, yeah. Played rugby, won. You, you did win w- a game. Won a Salford match. won a game. I, um, yeah, thank you, yeah. I looked in the program after it the meant, match. It meant absolutely fuck Again, all. Again, shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> I looked in the program afterwards and it was the first time in like two months that I've won a match, which is... You or the club? Me. Is that, is that, in all seriousness, is that, that's a record. I mean, for you... For me, it, it would yeah, have been, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, I mean, you've been at clubs that have won eight eight weeks on the run, no doubt. And, yeah. But to, how, how, that's like a different mindset altogether. And how's that affected the lads? It's, yeah, it's hard... It, it's 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 one of those things you kind of talk about it that you, you that it's just you got to go through the process and do your stuff and don't let it affect you. But it does. Mm. Like morale has been so low these last um, eight or nine weeks. But then I think the signing of Jackson Hastings, as well as he played at the start of the match, I think it was just having a new body and a new really good player in the team just gave everybody a lift. And I think even though he he didn't play long against Leeds because he had a bit of a tight hamstring, um, just having somebody of his caliber really lifted the lads and um, a lot of players around him played well b- because of that so yeah I think that's been a m- massive massive thing for us yeah good first impression of him yeah good bloke yeah right. he's had a bit of a bad rap in the press uh, before he came what, over what, what happened hey we was at Manly and 
there was um, accusations of a fight between him and Cherry Evans, and it was all over the media, and um, he was pretty much, pretty much blacklisted from Manly because he f fell out with a few people. But um, he's been absolutely first class, both on and off the field since he arrived. He's down at PKB most days, spending oh, a lot of money. Good lad. He's how, a great lad. You guys are pathetic. How long does it take you to mention your About shitty coffee shop? Four minutes. So um, everyone, <laughs> everyone was everyone was singing his name, and apparently said it's the best atmosphere he's played in. He must have had a pretty shit life if that's the, the greatest no, atmosphere. We don't get many fans, but the ones that were there were were, um, were very vocal in their uh, admiration for him, and he he killed it as well for the first twenty minutes. He was he was on fire. So mm. long may it continue. Challenge Cup semi final week. Oh, it is. Um, yes. It so is. Round of applause for that. For all well, the semi finalists. And all uh, the semi I mean, before we ask you anything about that, me mm. and Mark need tickets for the game. So we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, we don't want to pay because we, you know they're like twenty five quid, but we're not going to pay that. Um, leave so, it with me. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Is that? Okay. I've ordered some and I've paid for some. Have you? I've already do, paid. Does for that some. mean we've got to pay you? No, but I, no, no. But I'm not saying I've ordered you guys some. But I'll try and. How many have you ordered? I've ordered six. And six. how many is attending out of the six? six. Can we not get a box or something? Or Tommy's well, not one of them. Is it? No, you don't get rugby league. He, he just wants to sit in a box. Every Mark's box all the time. His dad's oh, box. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, my friend. That's my box. Terry Flanagan's box. Sue's box. Oh, now we're talking. Okay. Woo! Anyway, episode yeah, um, 25, titled Sue's Box. Yeah, we, um, yeah, semi final week, big week, mm. like big week for us. And I, I was having a bit of a chat today, we had a bit of a press day at the club today, and a few of the journals were sort of were asking uh, bits and bobs. And I realized that the games, that the semi finals are like completely different to what they were when they were drawn in the makeup and the feeling of them. Because yeah. Catalan, like eight weeks, ten weeks ago, St. Helens fans would have been. Yeah. Lighting a massive cigar, boom, was you going were, to you Wembley. Were um, you were, you were, you were. No, but no, it was the were. best draw. It was the best draw at the time, wasn't it? But let's be honest, it's oh, completely, sorry, yeah, it is. Yeah, sorry, it's well, completely yeah. changed because Catalan now are on, the on, the on fire. Stuff. Yeah, like they should have beat Wigan really uh, the weekend. Drink water smashing it. Yeah, but yeah, all their good players are playing well. All their good players are doing good. All their good, <laughs> all good players doing real good and that. Real good. For them, <laughs> proper for them. good rugby. Can you, do, do can you do an interview like that? A rugby all? league post-match interview? Yes. Yeah, I thought we did dead, dead good, but we didn't control ball it's too well. Game. It was tough. We were, we was in it. We was in it, and it then it went away, and then we was back in it at the end. And I credit to the boys. And who would you like to give this? My forwards. Who would you like to give this shitty 150 pound check to? Well, I'd like to give it to some nameless small charity nobody's heard of. Well, you know, small charities are good as well, Mark. Yeah, they're all good. All charities. Go on then, ask me. No, well, can we talk? I've not finished uh, what I've, been sorry, I've yet. thought you finished the story. Well. Exactly. So, yeah. so well, basically, story. we've just had a bit of a download about Flash's game now. Yeah, obviously, we've yeah, we're not a rugby league And then what else did you get into the weekend? What else did you get into the weekend? London. London. You went to London. What did you do? I went to London to watch Francesca ride in the ride London 100 miles, which was good. And I watched, I actually watched a road race, you know, road bike race. Yeah. Finish for the first time. Have you ever seen that? A peloton come towards the finish line and then no, the sprint not in sprinters. Insane. Yeah. It was incredible. Was, like, she, was, was Francesca in the peloton at that No, time? she wasn't. No. She was in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> By that time, Very well good. and truly, she'd had about three litres of Pims. Did she, but she completed the. Yeah, yeah, she did well. She did well. A guy, and this is not, there's nothing funny about it, I don't know. A guy crashed on the hill in front of her <laughs> and died. 
Did yeah. Did oh, he was getting resuscitated on the side of the road and CPR and all sorts. Okay. Of, okay. So they closed the road. They used to close the road for an hour. What? Uh, during the middle of the race, so it's just a, it's just a fun ride, isn't it? It's not a competition. Did she need the toilet halfway through? She had a poo. Uh, Who did? Mile twenty-five. Francesca did. Fran had a poo. Was yeah. it like Gary Lineker during the World Cup? Um, well, she needed the toilet on the New York Marathon. Yeah, it? she did a twenty-minute poo. She in did New just pull her shorts to one side. Like she read the New New York Times with her, stick it under her arm as she went into the port. I did. I, I yeah. There's port port lose on the New York Marathon had a urinal and a toilet next to each other, so we joined. Oh, that's lovely, isn't it? I mean, Forces. so so, yeah. so obviously you were just sort of you were stood in one position watching all these other strangers finish <laughs> waiting for Fran to come through. Hospitality. <coughs> so oh, what, so, you, so new, new balance, right? Yeah. Prudential. Who put on a lovely spread? Prudential. The back yeah. of the insur- what the insurance company? Insurance. The Prue. Yeah. Lovely Do you guys. Do you want to sponsor the podcast? Good lads. All good lads good and lads. ladies. Um, very good. Uh, looked after us. A lot yeah. of spicy chicken bits, bit of sushi. Mm. Not, Don't eat meat. Ooh, tonight, ooh, do sushi. you want this? Here's another. Do you want a beer? Oh, I'm not drinking. Did you ask them if they want to sponsor on, the podcast? On, yeah. You didn't ask them if they want to sponsor the podcast. They probably got more money than sense. Isn't um, it? Well, I think you don't know any, enough about business. Your tactics with people is just yeah. to steam straight in. Yeah. Sponsor the podcast. Sponsor, sponsor the podcast. Give me some money. Give me some, Give me some money, money now. Yeah. Whereas mine was a bit more. Yours like, well, have softly, the sandwiches first, and then I'll ask you. Slowly, slowly, softly catch the monkey. Yeah. Exactly. Groom them first, do John? We do a bit of grooming. We've all done a bit of grooming. Part of the baby, so. uh, do you want to ask me what else I did at the weekend? Um, what else did you do at the weekend, oh. Matt? Uh, I had a team night out on Saturday, which well, was good. good. It's been in the diary for a while. Was Luke Jackson Hastings on it? He was, yeah. He will be on the night. Best yeah. night out he's ever had. No. Um, Luke Burgess, our social captain, arranged it. Uh, and after the game on Friday, we sang our song and the coach what's the said, song, said a few words. Go shut, on, shut the fuck up. No, no, what's the song? Um, and then afterwards, Marlon Kukash walked into the sheds. He's, we've not seen him around for a bit. He said, lads, lads. Have a good day tomorrow. The drinks are on me. Did he? And everyone went mad. Oh, and then, no. so me and Biffa went up to him afterwards and said, So, you got some cash or a card? He went, Well, you two pay and then I give you the money back. Oh, cool. <laughs> and have you got so the money back? I've got a receipt in my wallet and so has Biffa. So, Marwin, if you're listening, come and find you this week, mate. Yeah, it was nine grand each. <laughs> what was the receipt? Ooh, it was four figures between us. But we had a good day. Yeah. A lot of bonding. Can we, can, in all seriousness, can we get the, the song, maybe just a little verse of it? No. Well, the words, the words. I, I told you this, I'm over songs. Team songs are done. I was yeah. just rubbish anyway. Finished. Well, well, why did you sing it? It's finished. I can't remember it, mate. Everyone does it. It's, well, let's why film. did you sing it if it's so rubbish? Because you've got this mob mentality, innit? Yeah. Sheep mentality. We, yeah, we, we've sang a song for 16 years. I think it's relatively new, isn't it? Go on. Everyone doing it. Has everyone always done it? Yeah, I think so, yeah. What about Huddersfield? When last was it the week before last? Yeah, yeah. But the, the, the songs have now taken a format, right? What you get is the media manager stands in the corner, films the winning oh, yeah. song, yeah. right? Definitely. Then a kit man or a nondescript member of staff grabs something mm. and, and bangs kneels it. down in the middle and hits it. Does your mascot, Johnny Lomax's sister, come into the shed? No, it, it, Ours does, actually. Yeah, no. Actually, funny, in the Warrington game, as we were walking out, we'd sort of walk out with a couple of kids, we turn around... And as I seen Johnny get to the end, boots the mascots there, and he fist pumps his sister. Oh yeah! <laughs> Sorry, it cracks me up every time. Every time. So you, you're still you're still convinced that that is his sister because Carl Amor doesn't believe you. It is his sister. It is definitely his sister. Yeah, it's not worth questioning whether it is or it isn't. It is. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to sort of see through the outfit, and it's her. Yeah, that's a, good point. a lot of the same. It's a good team. point, but then when Johnny Lomas was going home, when he passed me on the East Lanks, he had boots sat in the passenger <laughs> and seat. And his sister in the passenger seat. Yeah, yeah fully dressed. In the mascot. Yeah, kit. just going through Starbucks <laughs> drive through. Got, got a remain got, maiden character at all times. Yeah, he got a large, he got a flat white and a large bowl of water for his sister. 
<laughs> and a um, bone. And a chew. <laughs> oh, go on then, so um, I'll tell you. So, so should we get Nobby on the phone? Or... <laughs> no, let's go on, Will. Oh, go on, Will. What, what are you doing? Um, so I went to New York. Cool. I've been to, I went to New York. It's good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we went to New York, didn't we? Yeah. We've, all been, we've all been to New York, man. We have, yeah. But I don't think that anyone quite went and did what I did. Okay, do you want me to tell you this? Are you going to tell this story or should you interrupt I, all the way no, through? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to... No, you can interrupt. Okay. Um, but I'll tell you the story. I think John will be more interested than you because, you know, John's got a bit more... A bit more je ne sais quoi. A bit more, a bit more about, about him. Debatable. Um, and we have quite similar music taste. Okay. Um, so anyway, I'll, get, I'll keep it short. Yeah. I was there for a few days, but it was this one particular day, John, yeah. which really changed my life. And, and, and the emotion that came after this day, I've since bottled... Mm. metaphorically yeah and i've put it on my shelf metaphorically and you left it there and it's there it's forever. not been touched for a while is it oh that bottle yeah well i mean i only bottled it a few, three days ago all oh, right was it an original bottle? sorry sorry i've I been thought, to new york this week John. yes i know but yeah. what i thought you were saying is that the what you'd done had brought up these feelings from yesteryear which you'd seen oh no those about. feelings have been there forever but i didn't yeah. know that they were there and i put yeah. them in a bottle and put it on my shelf so um i was in new york and i was wondering i'd have a sort of free evening no mates they'd all gone home oh. and I thought what am I going to do and I decided I was going to go to a show right I've been to Phantom I've been to Les Mis Les Mis I've been to all those you know done, yeah, yeah. been that got the t-shirt been there got the t-shirt yeah so I thought I'm going to do something different and as I walked out of my hotel I saw Springsteen on Broadway no right so I thought that's just a kind of you know someone playing Bruce Springsteen but that's cool because I love Bruce Springsteen and I'll probably go to that did a bit of research it's actually Bruce Springsteen on Broadway. on Broadway right he's been doing this for he's halfway through it he's been he's doing it for a year fuck knows how much he gets paid for that but he's doing mm. it for a year five nights a week for a year and he wrote an autobiography two years ago and the whole premise of it is that he reads bits from his autobiography goes into song sits down at the piano it's just him a spotlight on him in a tiny theatre with 800 people what That's so insane. I was reading about it and thought I, uh, I'm, I'm, I was sweating thinking about it and I had to get there somehow then I started looking for tickets, Mark. Yes. How much do you think the tickets started at for this, this $500. show? $500. $1,200. Ooh, it's a lot of starting money. Starting price. That's good. So I thought, how much am I willing to pay to watch Bruce Springsteen in the flesh, metres away? That's double your fee for doing the gig over there, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So, life is short, isn't it, John? Mm. You know, we only live once. All those sort of cliches. Can you forgive me, others? Uh, you only live once. Life's too short. YOLO. Done this. Yeah. YOLO. Anyway. Went back to the theatre. It was pissing down with rain. I thought, I've got to, I've got to get in to see the show. Yeah. It was about five o'clock. The gig started at eight. Three hours. So there was no queue in the cancellation bit because it was pissing it down. Went in there. And I said, I don't suppose you've had any um, any tickets come back, have you? And uh, and the woman said, it's funny. Yes, because I'd already been before. And she went, funny you said that. One's just come back. No. Exactly. So I said, so I was thinking, go on then, hit me. Because face value tickets yeah. are, are ridiculous as well. And she went, um, it's $700. Oh, that's just beautiful, isn't so it? So it was, uh, and... There's still a lot of money. I had, to think, I had to take a step away. She went, go and just have a little think about it. I'm going to keep it for you for a second. Took a step back, sort of went on my uh, iPhone uh, finance calculator and transformed that from pounds. Transformed it? <laughs> into pounds. An exaggeration, isn't it? And then I decided to go for it. And she said, oh, you're going to love this because this is the seat that he puts his friends in. And this was one of his friends who'd taken it back and couldn't come tonight. So obviously we're just going to try and sell it. And he's just handed it back. This was the seat that Obama sat in oh, two no months way. ago to watch it. It was in a box 
in box A in the Walter Care Theatre, where I was, where you're sat to me, John, probably uh, if you went back a metre, that's how far away from him I was. So anyway, I sat there. This must like, be one hell of a come down being here right now. Oh though. my God. So I sat there and watched him pour his heart and soul. It was genuinely the best thing I've ever was seen Was he acoustic? Just, him Just acoustic. Acoustic, wow. but you know, electro-acoustic, plugged into acoustic and a piano. He's, he just goes through his... He's, he's, he's basically learnt this whole autobiography word for word in his head and just reads it as... Because he's got... I saw he had a little autocue with this autobiography going up, but he doesn't even look at it and just knows his autobiography off. Goes into a song through sort of Growing Up, My Hometown, Thunder oh. Road. Um, you know, obviously does Dancing in the Dark and does Born to Run. And it's kind of hits, but then some obscure ones as well. And I can I was I was crying. Did he did he sing cry? Did he sing forty one shots? Huh? Did he sing forty one shots? No, that's a great that was song. A cool song was sing Fire. He did sing Fire. Yeah, forty one shots so is about a murder. A guy who got murdered Central but shot forty one times for taking his wallet out of his pocket. That was the gun. Yeah. It was single-handedly the best thing I've ever seen. If yeah, anyone, if anyone is in New York, even if you even if you can just get a ticket for it over in the UK and get then worry about your flights later and you've got a, that sort of money to just blow, go and do it. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It was the best, honestly, the best. However, the story gets better. We'll move on. Don't worry, I'm going to keep this short. Even though I've already been talking about it for five minutes, Mark. Mm. So watched it. He did an encore for the first time in 160 shows because his wife... Patty, who's was part of his bands and stuff going by, couldn't turn up. So he said to make up for it because she had a bad back and she was at home, whatever. He said to make up for it, we're doing encore where you can film it because you weren't allowed to film or take any pictures throughout the whole thing. And he said, and he just did this encore where we could film it, and it was absolutely ridiculous. Just eight hundred people. I've never seen as like artists go. That was the most eye-opening thing and the most kind of honest account of an artist that sort of size. I mean, he's yeah, yeah. arguably one of the biggest rock stars. Of, of the generation yeah, yeah, yeah. of our generation but then I met him no you did, did. Met him. no you did not I'll show you the picture right did now did you ask him to sponsor the podcast <laughs> I, asked, I asked him to come on <laughs> who does he support <laughs> who does he support he's a Wakefield fan he's Sorry, a Wakefield yeah. fan <laughs> <laughs> I knew he would be I knew he could um, tell salt of the earth but uh, so he comes out of the theatre at the end mm. okay it was honestly I, I wanted to that, you know it was spine tingling where Again, all the cliches, but your hair's on the back of your neck. Yeah. Your 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 heart's racing. I was genuinely crying because his story's so good. He's had some dark times. He's had a lot of anxiety. He's had some great times, but it was just, it was one of those where he even said it during this gig. He went, "I know how much it costs to come here, and I know maybe what some people have paid to be here." And he said, "I want you guys to leave with something that you can take away from this that you wouldn't leave from a concert." And he was like, "It was like a prophecy. It was yeah. it was insane, absolutely insane." Anyway, so he comes out the door at the end. And thousands of people on Broadway are waiting for him. Even people who hadn't been to the gig, just waiting there to get a picture of him and whatever. And he comes out and he signs a few bits. It's all fenced off and all the police are there and blah, blah, blah. And he gets in his car and goes off. And he drove underneath where my hotel was in Times Square. And I thought, I'm, I'm going that way anyway. So I just wander up there. And everyone just assumed that he, he was off and drove off. So I walked under this tunnel and his car was still there. And he was in a massive traffic jam with these red lights, but under this tunnel. So I just knocked on his window and he wound it down. And I went, all right, Bruce. All right, Bruce. All right, Bruce. Good day. <laughs> and, and I just, I just wanted to say that that was the best thing I've ever seen. I said, I come over from the UK for work, and yeah, that's the best $700 I've ever spent. And he went, oh, where are you from? Manchester. It wasn't a long conversation. It yeah, lasted yeah, a minute. Yeah. And I got a picture with him, which was shit, because it didn't come out. Oh. And, um, what, because you were under a tunnel? 
it, it just kind of yeah it was just i'll show you it was fuzzy and it was shit but um yeah and i just went i just i've come away from that as you said with so much yeah and then course. i just had to wander around Times square on my own for like for like three hours <laughs> it doesn't look like him do. there if i'm being honest oh come on it looks like comedy oh. dave <laughs> used to be on the radio <laughs> one <laughs> it looks Vitty. he's had a bit of botox hasn't he? he has had a bit of botox but he deserves it every bit of botox that he's had and what a guy what yeah. human what story go read his autobiography he's John. a grafter by the way as well isn't oh. he? those guys who those old rock stars who are performing mm. they graft my god he's oh. just been on tour since he was like 12. Unreal. Unreal, and yeah. and he he does five nights a week at this this theater. Yeah, yeah? he's d he, they've extended it already into now until December, the end of this December, twenty eighteen. Netflix filmed it two weeks ago, and he invited just his friends and family, and uh, that comes out I think in in December on Netflix. You can watch the whole show because yeah. he's, he's never going to do it again. So if you don't get a ticket between now and December, then you just have to watch it on Netflix. But apparently, at the end of that gig, Billy Joel, who's obviously another. So he's Spring, good as well, isn't he? Springsteen's never left New Jersey. He's from New Jersey, born and bred, and he still lives there to this day, despite all the places he could live and the travelling he's done. He's still got a house there, went home to New Jersey that night. On the other side of town is Billy Joel, mm. right? So they're the two heroes, aren't they, yeah, of this yeah. sort of era of rock and roll. And Billy Joel, in that um, Netflix filming episode, finished his gig at the other end of Broadway, came up in a car and came and did an encore with Springsteen <laughs> at the Walter Care Theatre and that's yeah. going to be the one that's on Netflix no, that sounds insane to be fair that's like probably if I could meet anybody I think he'd be he'd be up there he's, musically oh yeah musically but then but then when you realise he's got he's he's such a good storyteller mm. nearly as good as Mark he's such a good storyteller that he's that he just brings he brings emotion out of people I didn't think yeah. I had a soul I was sitting there, sitting there in the dark. I think we all felt that for a while, didn't crying, we? Crying, wiping my okay. eyes, thinking, "Shit, I hope no one can see me." Yeah. And and meters away, meters. Yeah. It's amazing. Hey, what are you listening to now? What? What are you listening to? The record, new record. Martin's? No, mine. Yours, new record. Pigs are gonna fly. Hey, they're all doing it now. Give it to you, let's have a listen. Come here. I work on a program called Boots and All. Work with any who's six feet tall. Wear good gear, have no fear. Apart from fans who clip my hair. What's it called? Oh, Boots and All. What's it called? Boots and All. What's it called? I've told you, Boots and All. Our guest this week has three letters after his name, which goes something, guys, like this. M-B-E, which stands for, Mark? Something of the British Empire. Member of the most excellent <coughs> order of the British Empire. That's you can it. hear him. It sounds like an, an M-B-E cough, but we won't reveal who he is just yet because mm. this fine, sexy gentleman was born on Valentine's Day in 1961, the year, the very year that John F. Kennedy was inaugurated as the 35th president of the United States. The Soviet cosmonaut, Yuri Kagarin, became the first human to fly in space, John Wilkin. Freedom fighters took buses into the south to bravely challenge segregation, and East Germany began construction of the Berlin Wall. What a, what a year. What a year. Um, who won the, the Northern RFL league title that year, Mark? I hear you crying. Yes. Leeds. Leeds. Yes. Yeah, Leeds, Leeds. And the top try scorer that season, John Wilkin? Leroy Rivet was Tom Van 
Vollerhoven. Yeah, for Sam Ellens. Yeah, Ellens, of course. Yes. 54 tries he scored. Our guest this week is a small man with a huge heart and a very finely manicured beard. He was a hooker, not some sleazy prostitute. That was his position. <laughs> as a player, he won the Yorkshire County Cup in 1987. As a coach, he won everything. Super League, 2001, 2003, 2005. World Club Challenge, 2002, 2004, 2006. League Leaders Shield, 2001, 2003. The Challenge Cup, 2003. Let the world put their hands together for Brian David Noble. David, I didn't know David was your middle name, Brian. There we go. Yeah. We're learning. Yeah, We're David. Learning. And, and the MBE actually stands for Massive Big Head. <laughs> of course, Massive Big Head. It's uh, 1961. I didn't realise. I mean, as a Bradfordian, it's not nice going to Leeds won the title the year that I was born. It's not doesn't sit too well, but I'm quite prepared to accept Tom Van Bollenhoven, one of the all-time greats of the league, as uh, the leading scorer. But yeah, quite a great introduction, that will. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Of course, we're going to talk. We've got so much to talk about with you, um, director of rugby now at Toronto Wolfpack. But before we get stuck into that, mm-hmm. I want to know exactly what you've been doing today. Just today, talk us through your day, everything that you've done, Brian. Right. So this morning. I woke up at uh, seven thirty. No, no, I didn't. Seven o'clock, and um, I've, I've got a bicycle. And the reason I've got a bicycle because recently I've been in Toronto and they're using the, their municipal bikes because it's easier to get around the city. And I lost a stone in weight, so I thought I'll keep it going. It didn't really transfer my idea because where I live in the heart of West Yorkshire, a place called Eldwick, it's uphill and downdale and uphill, and I'm absolutely killing myself. So anyway, I went out on the bike, went to the gym, came back from the bike, um, travelled into the metropolis of Leeds and uh, did a tele tele show called the Super League Show. For I know a few it. Hours. I know it. I know that. Sh- we know that show. Oh, do, do you me, know me, it? Me and John were on it last week. Yeah. Mark hasn't yeah. been on it yet, but me and John were on last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, you have been standing in very well, apparently. Oh, uh, well, Brian, stop it. A handsome man yourself, a handsome <laughs> dude yourself, and uh, and we've been deliberating and swapping telephone calls with all sorts of people at Toronto and the RFL in relation to um, the forthcoming middle eights of which we're in. Uh, the qualities for us, uh, clashing swords with the great Leeds Rhinos and Salford and Witness and Hull KR and, and the other three championship teams. So we're massively excited about that. Clearly logistical challenges. We're all sharpening the knife to get stuck into each other. Well, you won't have any that's problems with Salford. So far. The Salford are absolute dog shite. You'll, you'll mm-hmm. walk over them, though, but that'll be fine. The others... Well, I'm not sure... Yeah, but they beat the Leeds Donkeys the other day, didn't they? Absolutely. <laughs> Smacked them 38-20 or something. So everybody's getting ready for it, trying to go into the market to buy players to boost their, their joints before they go into it. And so I think it's going to be the most exciting qualifying eight there's, there's ever been. And do you know what? There's a chance that maybe two Super League clubs could go down. There may be none. There mm. may be fine form from anywhere. Because I think Toulouse are a cracking team. If you got to travel to Toulouse, it's a tough trip. London... My goodness, you play London at London, they're scoring points for fun. And, and Halifax, who wants to go to Halifax on a work Sunday afternoon and be baseball batted to death? <laughs> but Brian, before we before we get stuck into Toronto Live, because I'm really excited yeah. about hearing your views on that and what you've been up to there. I was just telling the yeah. boys, I've, I was out in New York last week, met Bruce Springsteen, so I'm feeling very emotional. Uh, I think I, I, I want to. I want to start. Oh, you know, just, 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 just a minute, Will. I've just got down and picked that name up again. <laughs> <laughs> that, that you didn't need to mention it. I wanted Brian to know because me and Brian are very close, aren't we, Brian? 
we're, we're so close. I'm going to throw one in there as well. When I was in Toronto two weeks ago, I nearly bumped into Lennox Lewis. No, nearly. That's close enough for me, yeah. yeah nearly. How yeah. close was nearly? <laughs> he was turfing About five out streets of away. He lived in the, uh, time in the, was in the like, King was... Edward Hotel. And I'm actually a stalker, but they keep barring me. The door staff have got to know me now and just keep throwing me back out onto the street to walk around the hotel again. Brian Noble, have you had a good life? Absolutely outstanding. Uh, I sometimes genuinely pinch myself and think, how did this scruffy little ginger-headed goofy-toothed National Health Specs that used to wear calipers as a kid, which is true, ever get to see the sights and sounds that I have? I've had, I've had the breathtaking privilege of uh, bumping into so many, many, many good people right across the world. And, um, yeah, so my long answer to your short question, Will, I've had an absolutely fabulous life. And I hope there's a there's a bit more to go. I've got a bit of juice left in there. Well, I didn't want to kill you off at 57, but yeah, you've no, got plenty, yeah. plenty more to do. And and what 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 do you have to achieve? What, what else is there for you to achieve? Yeah, there's quite a lot. I'm a big fan of, of our great game. You've got two uh, acolytes there sat next to you. Two, two nice ones as well. Two of the more attractive ones, because I've genuinely come across some beasts and some horrible people. Um, yeah, I, I think the game needs to. I'd love to see the game on a lot healthier footing financially and giving opportunities to putting kids' rugby balls in kids' hands is one of the mantras I've always gone by. And uh, the, the biggest secret for me is in this country is still rugby league or rugby in general. I just, I just love the fact that kids can pick up a rugby ball and ramp up into each other and do things to each other as kids that they probably get put into jail as adults. And so. I love the game. I'd like it to be... I think Rugby League has got so many challenges at the moment that we've got to try and help everybody to, to be successful, which you never will, clearly. But, yeah, I've got that. And, you know, there's there's other things. A little, I've got a little wish list that I might let you in on a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd love to... Do I want to go back coaching? Probably not. It's too hard. I just look at the coaches these days and you've got to do 80, 90 weeks and the sacrifice that you need, 89 hours a week, and the sacrifice that you actually need to to get over the line with so many variables, so many things that, out, that are out of your control and things like that. But I'm, I'm enjoying the, the experience of, of being like a general manager and, and doing things and recruitment and the, and the excitement that goes with that and, and looking at logistics and having a look at the admin side. But I've got a Volkswagen camper van somewhere in production across the world and um, I've, I've definitely got the ambition to drive that over a hill somewhere and not a hill in the UK, you know, around Europe and things like that. So... I just think there are so many things to do. If you wake up in the morning and your list is so long, then I've got a few things to knock off, Will. But in the game, I'll, I'll always be around it because they're great people. I, I, I love the people in our sport. That's the best um, imagery I've ever people. got is, is Noble in a VW camper van. Just that's like the end credits, isn't sale. it? The end credits yeah. for the Brian Noble movie. No, 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 no. That's it's a VW middle credits. Because is it middle I will credits? Be, I will be driving in my underpants. <laughs> it depends how and far a pair of, it. And a pair of welder's goggles. <laughs> so I'll tell you a story. I'll just finish off the story with the bicycle because... I got the bicycle over here, and drivers, those that ride bikes, which I do now, I consider myself a Tour de France cyclist, even though I keep falling off it because I put the wrong leg down and things like that. Um, but people in cars, when they used to wind the window, get a helmet, you idiot, you low life, you're going to kill yourself, get a helmet, which legally there is no requirement for this in country. I so thought, right, 
I'll get a helmet. So I went on the internet that night and bought myself a German Stormtrooper's helmet. <laughs> and so now I, I round round Bingley and Elwick and everybody said, there's a German Stormtrooper cycling round Elwick and Bingley and Bradford. And it's not, it's me. And it's, it's, I think it's fantastic and it gets rave reviews, but it's different. And sometimes in life, you just got to be a little bit different. That's why People I love you. And That's why the head now instead of shouting at me. <laughs> Brian, you, you mentioned, right, getting the ball in kids' hands. And for you, the, yeah. the passion you've had for the game, um, yeah. was was that, you know, when when did you become excited about rugby league as a kid? You know, way back when, you know, in that sort of early 70s or late 60s, what excited you about rugby league? You Stop know, there. Don't go any further back. Don't go any further. <laughs> but that, you know, you talk about exciting, you know, getting those those kids in, in Right, I, I, was, I was very lucky, John. Yeah. I, um... I grew up in a little quaint little village in Bradford called Manningham, and, and the, no, no, those that know Manningham know it. Offer, it has its um, it has its challenges. Then it was the red light district of Bradford. That's since subsequently not the case. However, that's another story. <laughs> and so, uh, the, I had a big family, and right at the bottom of my street, you, you pretty much two or three options. You went with the bad lads, and you went doing things that bad lads do at that age. Or you went to the Bradford Police Boys Club, which is a youth club run by ex-policemen for people like me and other people. And believe it or not, in Manningham, downstairs there was a, a shooting range, so you could shoot air rifles. 50% of the clientele <laughs> went on to be armed robbers, so they were practising their aim. Upstairs there was a boxing club. And I had my first bump into a fellow called Trevor Foster, who himself was an icon of the Bradford Club, a Welshman from Newport, unbelievable legend in the city freeman M- mbe like myself and uh, he was one of the people that used to coach and coach rugby league and a fellow called peter craven ran the rugby league team well i had three left feet as a football player i wanted to be a footballer like all kids do uh, but i wasn't bottom line is i was never ever going to be good enough but i had a little bit of talent for being tough because as i said with i mean bright ginger hair and goofy teeth and national specs you got picked on a lot so i used to i channeled all my tempers into Rugby League and Trevor Foster really was the first one. I then went up to a place called Queensville, and, and like most kids of that age, but I just found that the game it wasn't complicated, it wasn't simple, and I can remember making a break once and just running and people screaming around me and enthusiasm. I'm thinking, how good is this? And then five minutes later, I remember somebody bashing the crap and snot out of me, thinking, <laughs> oh, God, that hurt, and getting up and thinking, actually, how good is this? You can do that to people, and you don't get put in jail. <laughs> and you could do things that, yeah, there's things you could do on the field that was just... And the game's progressed to such a, such a professional dynamic now. I'm in awe of the players. I'm a big fan of the players, always have been. Having been out there in my era, everybody says their era was the best, this and the other. But I'll tell you what, the blokes running around now are pretty superhuman. And um, I'm just a fan of theirs. I think we've got some pretty ordinary people that run the game sometimes. And I don't mean that. That's not a swinging swipe at the game. It's just that I just don't think they're of the quality. And I've also been passionate about the game. And I think if you get put people in positions, maybe they ain't as talented as they should be. But if they've got that passion and that energy for something... You can see that that comes through all the people. You know the people that you walk into a room and the room lights up with energy because of just of what they're saying, maybe not even the substance of what they're saying, and you want to follow them. Well, I think you know rugby league had that at one point, and we've got to get the, the we've got to get the John Wilkins and the Mark Flanagans known on national television. John is because of his Quasimodo part-time jobs that he does. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we don't have enough. The probably last biggest icon of the game, maybe Ellery Hanley and. and 
Sean Edwards, you know, they've got profiles. Probably to Kev at Leeds, Kevin Sinfield has, has got a national profile. But every one of our players should be. And that's that's my ambition, that you walk down the streets and they're, they're as revered and and worshipped as, as maybe footballers, but without the, the cotton wool that comes with footballers and the flash sequins, et cetera, et cetera. Because we're real people. And and I, I just I just love that thing. And so my first, you know, bumping into people is a fellow called Trevor Foster, rest his soul, who, uh, you know, invited, invited me down to the club, got me into the game, and I never looked back. I played from then on in. So the police club was the start, Brian. That was the start of the journey, and that maybe introduced yeah. you to the discipline, the aggression, the, but the, you know, all of the things that you yeah. seem to have fallen in love with about the game. How did that progress to something what you took seriously? Because as a kid, we all run around and enjoy what what you described there—that being chased, the, yeah. you know, that feeling of freedom that you have on a rugby field is not like anything else. But when did that change from just fun to being something more serious? Uh, do you know what? I, I can actually nail that moment. I mean, it's a great question. Because if you ask any kid that plays a sport and a team sport and you're all in there together, we had a pretty good team at Bradford Police Voice Club and we, and we beat some good teams from places like Featherstone and where they all where they were genuinely, they grew up born with a rugby league ball in their hand. And we were, so we had some good athletes and some good players. And somebody once, one day mentioned the name as a scout come in. No, I didn't know whether it was Chingachgook or Uncos because in Manningham, with the different kind of scouts around there, the Red Indian scout, we're sure it was. But somebody said there's a scout coming to watch all the team. And it was like a god was coming from nowhere. So everybody polished their boots and was looking forward to They didn't know who the scout was or where it was coming from, whether it was from Bradford North or Leeds or whatever. But it just raised everybody's excitement that somebody was worth watching and maybe even worth signing for one of the professional clubs around there. Bear, bear in mind, it was a part-time sport then. A couple of scouts came over a couple of weekends to watch the team, and I remember mine, Eddie, Eddie Jones at Bradford, invited me up to trial with the academy team. They, they had a, they had, the game then was Colts, which was under-19s, under-24s, sorry, reserve grade, there was under-24s then, and first team. Uh, all professional clubs ran those, albeit part-time. They were all well-financed. And uh, I got invited up to train with Bradford Northern Colts. So it's like, oh, my God, I best start mm. taking this seriously. I thought, this is a professional team, and I'm 15 years old, and I'm being invited up to it. And I'm, I've got to be bumping into but people are going to get paid here. And I just remember, it was, I remember I walked for the first three weeks because um, I couldn't afford the bus fare, I used to walk to Odsall from from my house in Manning was about six miles, so, and I, I was there all day an hour early, and and I would walk home as well. I'm, I'm, it sounds crazy that you would do that, but the, just the privilege of going to the professional club and training with these players was just so exciting. And so I suppose then I recognised the fact that why do you have a crack at this? They might actually want to sign you. They've invited you up for training. Nobody in my family knew anything about rugby league. They were all footballers. My brother played for Bradford Park Avenue, which was a professional team there. Um, my other brother had joined the Navy. My two sisters clearly weren't sports-minded. So I just uh, I started taking it seriously. And not training as such, because it wasn't quite there yet. And I think the big, massive, groundbreaking uh, um, movement in the game was probably 82 the the kangaroos invincibles i think they were they showed that how big and fast and, and physical prowess then came into the game and training and weights and things like that 
but then it was just the excitement of being invited up to uh, Bradford Northern. It's funny, actually, Robert Elston, chief exec of the Super League, mentioned that that year, 1982. That was the year that he, yeah. he watched that those. Park, he yeah, he watched that. he watched that kangaroo side yeah. and, and that inspired. Yeah, well, him I be... made my I made my debut in '82, the third test at Headingley, and we had a crack. Steve Evans, God rest his soul, another one that's departed, unfortunately. He uh, he scored the only try that they'd managed. And I I I played for Bradford Northern in a Wednesday night game that got me selected for Great Britain. When we weren't really close, um, we lost thirteen six. We were the team that got the closest to beating them as a club tour. And it's in, an interesting on the day that they announced the Lions are coming back, the touring Lions. The tours were the biggest thing in the game then, right across the world. They were big on on the BBC. They were big on 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 over in ABC in Australia and tours was the whole aim and ambition of any player was to get into the national team to end up on a 13, 14, 15 week tours as they were then. Goodness, you can't believe that, can you? Going sounds, to sounds good. Australia, New Zealand, Papua New Zealand. <laughs> oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> 15 weeks away from home. I, I, I read a story the other day about a kid who was a bit homesick after three weeks. Man, we didn't want to come back after 16 weeks. What's wrong with them? <laughs> unbelievably, unbelievably fabulous. But that was... I was still on the first step at Bradford Northern, and but that '82 moment, like a growth and Ray Price and Wayne Pierce, a back rower that yeah, was wow. twice as quick as you was even then, John. And you no, you'd no chance you two Wayne with that Pierce with Wayne was, Pierce. He and, was the man. I you know, people, pads. the names, <laughs> Meninga and, and Miles wasn't quite on the scene then. He was slightly another year or two before Gene Miles came in. But Eric Grove was the thing I'd ever seen with the big beard and flowing hair, and he could do like a. Ten and a half second hundred then, and so people were just like some of the tries they scored were unbelievable. They were the forerunner to modern professionalism, if you like, and showed published We're still playing catch up in many respects, but I, I, I never falter from the fact that our best players as good as their best players. We just have enough of them. Uh, but going back to me, I got to Bradford Northern, and all of a sudden I got dragged in. They said, "We'll have to bring your mum with you one Tuesday night." I think I've just gone sixteen. Says, "What for?" Oh, we're going to offer you a contract. And funny enough, two other clubs came in the same week and said, Wakefield, I think it was, in Featherston, we want to sign you as well. But I was a Bradford boy, born, born and bred. And I got, I signed on for the princely sum. I got £100. Are you ready, you two? You won't yeah. even get out of bed for £100. Your coffees in your shops cost £200, so you <laughs> want to go out of bed for it. So, they've, uh, they've, so for £100 and a blazer badge, I signed my life away for Bradford Northern and stayed there for 20 fantastic years. Oh, brilliant! And and then whilst you played professionally, Nobby, um, you're also a policeman, yeah. weren't you? And how how well, was was the balancing act uh, between playing for Bradford Northern and being a policeman? And and during those years, it was the minor strikes, wasn't it? So I think I, oh. I can imagine it was pretty tough for you, probably playing with some minors and then uh, having to, to police great, and do all that on an evening as well. That's a great question, Flash. And do you know. What? I'd really, really one day like to write a book about that because the funny moments is it, as well as the sad and heartbreak. All, all my friends were, were minors pretty much. David Hobbs, John Green that was at Bradford. Uh, my mentors as a, as a young professional were Jimmy Thompson and Keith Bridges who were both minors from the Featherstone area and lifelong brothers and friends. You know, they taught me all a lot. And, and to at time stand on the opposite side of a fence on a minor strike was heartbreaking. But funny as well. I remember once ringing David Hobbs, oh, where were you today? I was at Emily. I was a little gap in the corner of the field. Have you ever seen 2,000 miners trying to get through a 10-foot gap? And he said, oh, I'll knock your blood in. I'll knock your blood in. You would chase them across the field and things like that. And then 
clearly to the. I just so many, so many stories of. Uh, you know, those blokes lived on five quid a week, and, and it's just they were so proud and strong, and there were a lot of good things that went on in relation to to the police as well. Like we used to get fed when we were on these disputes, and we used to no no s no buts. You used to leave the food that was that, that you didn't want, and you left it at the, at the welfare door, the miners' welfare door. Nobody nobody spoke to each other. There was no packed or anything like that, but it was never refused. But it was a tough time. You're absolutely right, Flash, uh, because you'd come into the changing room and uh, I was a part-time policeman. Oh, sorry, I was a full-time policeman, a part-time rugby player. But it was quite funny. It was uh, some of the things that used to used to go on, as you can imagine, in rugby league changing rooms or any changing room with sports people, you'd to pretty much turn a blind eye to. Um, <laughs> and I remember when I signed, the police wanted a bit of publicity and I was really reluctant because I was thinking... I'm going to get my head kicked in by some of these blokes. <laughs> anyway, so it was the back of the of the Daily Mirror, then national newspaper, when rugby league was covered nationally. And I was doing the number one stop sign, you know, my hand in the air with a Bobby's helmet on saying, noble hopes to stop this, that and the other. And that weekend we were playing um, St. Helens. And I remember going to St. Helens and the scrum collapse. And bear in mind, I was playing first grade at 18 and 19. So I was, I'd been looked after by the Jimmy Thompson, who were really, really tough, you know, Fingers with like pork sausages, proper men, real men, not like we've got now, like I played with. And I remember the scum collapsing, and Eric Chisnor was over me with his big size 15 boots, with his boot actually on my face. And he said, Not stopping much traffic now, our PC 49. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely crapped myself. I thought, Oh, this is a day. And a fish can fly from our side, and he fell over, all this kind of thing. And I soon learned, uh, you, you learn to be diplomatic and learn detente, if you want to call it that. But I had a brilliant career and I loved it in the police. It was like another boys' club, really, to be honest, and, and girls' club. And I thought a lot of the disciplines that they teach you, hopefully I've taken into some of the stuff I've done as a coach and a manager. But, yeah, I loved, I loved being in the police. And I, loved, I, and I was accepted by the team, which is the main thing. So I have to learn that diplomatic thing and to turn you... you uh, the and nicer things, but yeah, it was. It, but I would say, you know, so to, a full time job, I didn't get any time off from the police. If, if I worked overtime, I got it in lieu, so I didn't take any pay. I took time off because the game was getting healthier and healthier, rugby league. It was getting more prolonged, so instead of two nights a week, it's two nights and a Saturday morning and playing the Sunday. So you have to, um, people like Daryl Shelford came across, who was a massive friend of mine, and a lot of the players then were having to do their weights on their own, so they were going. So I'd find myself in the gym, local gym in Bradford, six o'clock in the morning with the, the double shelters of this world and, and people that wanted to train and then doing an eight-hour shift or a 10-hour shift and then going training at night and things like that. So it's a bit hard to manage, but I, I wouldn't have swapped it for the world. Yeah, so that 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 sort of discipline that you learn in the police force and, and also the, the, the combination of that with your skill and your passion for league coaching was a natural progression, it seems. Now, when you finished playing, did, did you find as much enjoyment from, from getting into coaching? Was it a way of keeping involved or was there always a passion to improve people? Is that is that what's driven your, your coaching career? No, I think what, I think what, I didn't go into it by accident. I also had an idea about the game. I had clearly no idea about the intricacies of the game and and Brian Smith came over to Bradford, and I wasn't at Bradford. My last season, I went as an assistant coach in 1996 to Wakefield Trinity with David Hobbs, who'd just got the coaching job there, and we were lifelong friends. And I thought I'd learn a lot under David, and 
I've, I've put some ideas. I played at Cronulla for 18 months as well under Jack Gibson, the great Jack Gibson, who was revered in Australia, probably one of the greatest coaches of all time, if not the greatest coach. You know, spawned people like Wayne Bennett, or, or one of his, he mentored him, etc., etc. And I got quite close with Jack Gibson, and um, I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll give this a crack. I'll help David. But I went to Wakefield, and it didn't work out. We, we were so poor. I ended up playing 12 very bad games for them, and unfortunately for them, and the Wakefield fans will never, ever remember the play with reverence. But uh, I ended up playing and not doing much. And so I went to collect my boots off the old kit man at Bradford Northern at the end of that season. We were changing to the Bradford Bulls. 1996 Super League inception Brian Smith was appointed as the new head coach his assistant was Matthew Elliott and I bumped into Matthew Elliott and he says what are you doing he said, I just agreed to go as an assistant coach with Steve Sims who was at uh, Halifax at the time and he says why are you going there I said well he's offered me a job and I think I've got some good ideas he says well you're a legend at Bradford aren't you as a player I said, well yeah but nobody's offered me a job so well, I'm offering you a job so I literally my first job as an assistant coach coach properly was to tell Steve Sims I wasn't going there, I was going to my home and he was brilliant, he understood why and everything and it went from there um, I'd I, be quite honest with you, first year under, under Brian Smith I didn't know whether it was punch board or counter sunk I thought this is never going to drop and I actually gave up my job in the police uh, to do it because rugby was always my passion I thought I could be a, I was a successful player Um I thought I could be. I thought I could be a successful coach, but do you know, in all honesty, I don't think I realised the fact that your job's on the line if you're unsuccessful as a coach every year. I thought it'd be like secure and things like that. I went. I, I ended up leaving the place for less money than I was on it. But I just loved rugby league and I wanted to be involved. I missed playing, and the second best thing was the only thing I could do was to get back in the changing room and and maybe impart some of knowledge. But I quickly realised, God, you're a thicko. You don't know anything in relation to what the Australians knew about organisation and planning and this, that, and the other. I'm not suggesting they knew any more than any of the greats in, in Britain know about the game because they don't. Because the one thing I learned is when I became a coach is, yeah, you've learned all of this stuff, but you've got to stick with your own principles, your own principles on management, your own principles on how you want to play. And so I've gabbled on there quite a lot, guys, but the bottom line is, Matthew Elliott gave a chance at Bradford for 18 months I thought but all of a sudden it started to drop I thought oh yeah I understand what they're saying now I thought they were speaking Swahili yeah. or some kind of foreign dialect I looked at them and I think I've got no idea what they're talking about it's a bit like when some TV pundits go on about technicalities in the game I don't think normal people understand it and, and I said well just explain it simply it's a game of British Bulldogs with this this and this and if you put in there this is what happens to them and that's why I tried to do that on, on television because if I started talking about technicalities and the, what we coaches and players talk, I think we lose people. So, again, I've, I've gabbled on a bit there, but Smithy gave, gave me a chance via Matty Elliott. Uh, I worked hard for 18 months. When the penny started dropping, that's when you formulate your own ideas and you think, I might be able to do the big job one day. But I was an assistant for five years. And I, the hard work that I'd done as a, as a... I wasn't a very talented player. But I knew I could stop balls that were. So I always based my game around defence and, and the odd dummy half run and things like this and I'm passing the ball both ways. Uh, so I wasn't the most talented. There were loads of players better than me, a lot better than me, but I just either outworked them or just bored them to death, something like that. And I thought, well, if you apply the same principles to coaching, you're half a chance. Uh, Ryan Smith said, I've got half a mind to appoint you because that's all you need, and they did. 
So, yeah. <laughs> when, did, it went when they appointed you, didn't they announce you as Ross Noble, the comedian, the tabloids? I hope so, yeah. That'd do, be, that, do you know what? That'd be good on my do, TV. That happened. Oh, did he? Yeah. Ross Noble. When was this? That In the papers when you were given the are you, are, you, are you telling me he's funnier than me? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> got, well, has he got better hair? No, probably hasn't either. No, no. no he hasn't. <laughs> no, he hasn't. No, no. Mine's still going. <laughs> Struggling a little bit. The wrong colour and all things like that. But no, you're, he's you're, got you're the George, George Clooney. His head and goes down the back. The George Clooney of Rugby League. How dare you talk about yourself like that? Um, Thank you, yes. T- Toronto, let's move on to that because there's a lot to talk about with Toronto. Yeah. What is... What, like, if I was just to ask you, sell me Toronto in a nutshell, go for it. If you want the most exciting event in Rugby League and the best atmosphere you're going to experience since its inception in 1996 and the halcyon days of the Bulls and all the razzmatazz of Catalan when they first came in, you must go to Toronto. The fans there, there's eight, nine, ten thousand fans rocking up who have no idea whether it's MMA, NFL, but they absolutely love the game. The fact that honest blokes are getting stuck into each other with unbelievable skill and bouncing balls, it's a dream ticket because it's the third largest city in North America and the kind of people that are coming to games and watching the games if this lights, the, see the, the fuse has been lit. That's the goal. Now we need people in the UK to understand that the fuse has been lit because, boy, if this firework goes off, all the things I've spoken about earlier about proper finances for our players. Do you know something, Will? We've got players in our game that are on less than the minimum wage when you work it out, which mm. is absolutely scandalous for what they go through. Mm-hmm. The media exposure, that North American razzmatazz with the good old-fashioned stable rugby league principles of how you play a game and a game moves so quickly and so fast you'd be mad not to get involved in this and not at least try and fulfill the potential of this place is this the most exciting is this the most excited you've ever been about a project in your in your career in your life yeah pretty much yeah i'm i'm, I'm enthused about it, as you can see i, I just i understand listen let's let's not hide behind the fact that there's been a lot of negative talk about our game from two or three years now. Some other stories about we can't raise the finances to put people on a bus to get to an airport to Toronto. We can't feel what we used to feel. The, the game's struggling in all the heartlands of the games. You look at attendances and things like that. And it needs a hang, a hang grenade in the right way. Firecracker is a better expression. Mm. We need a firecracker for the game. And I don't know if this is it. Please don't think I'm, I'm not. I am by no means Odin and or God or anything like that. But what I do see is I see the same kind of excitement I started as a 13-year-old playing this game. I see the same kind of excitement on kids' faces. It takes the boys an hour to get off the field and the opposition players as well. Do you know what? They're crazy. They don't even boo referees over there. We've got to educate them. That's one thing that they're missing. They just enjoy what's on offer and how we go about our ways and Am I excited about it? I've done some brilliant things. I've captained my country in front of 60,000 the SCG. I've, you know, I've coached, John will remember, the 2006 Test match. Some things don't. I'll tell you, last year in the World Cup, I was in a crowd of 30,000 Tongans and thought, boy, this is the best experience of my life. I've never been in such a thing. I couldn't hear Dave Woods, who was the co-commentator next to me, and he was like mm-hmm. just a, a foot away from me. And the crowd control for the Tongans was when it was getting a bit iffy in England and they didn't get a couple of, a couple of reasons or a couple of uh, penalties or what it was to keep them in the game right at the death there. Crowd control was they played hymns 
on the tannoy. And everybody just started singing hymns and calmed down <laughs> and amazing. sat down. It was unbelievable experience, guys. And this Toronto thing can be that. Mm. How, but how, it has how to you... be embraced. And that's my worry that it won't be fully embraced. Well, that that is that is one of the issues, isn't it? So, for example, we spoke to Robert Elston a couple of weeks ago. He was brilliant. Yeah, you know, gave us did. a lot of his time. And, and he... I think in his words were, and he wasn't being negative about it at all. The project, but he was, no, he, was, no. he was, he was cautious. He was, it made him slightly anxious. Yep. I think is the word that he used. How do you make sure, yep. Brian? Because this is your job as a director of rugby and everyone there, that it's not a fad, mm. that, that those people are still staying three hours after a game and asking for photos, and that, it, that there is longevity to it. Well, nobody ever knows, truly knows the answer to that question. Will all I will say is that. I think it will. And I have a reasonable standing within the game. know the ownership group and they've got a seven-year plan, not a seven-month plan like myself and Paul Rowley. We want to be in the Super League now, today, tomorrow. It's got to happen because of we understood the euphoria. There's been some education going into it, how Melbourne went about their ways. You've got to have some success and some winning going on for people to come and see what's happening. And without that, that's why the development side for us will come after we're really, really close to signing a deal with Rugby Ontario. It's hard to explain to people from this country and, and Australia that there isn't that element of, um, I'll use this word loosely, competition between Rugby Union and Rugby League, you see. So we're, we're, we're a chance of signing a deal with Rugby Ontario that will allow kids to play Rugby League and Rugby Union. It's just the numbers that are different. It's just rugby over there. But 100,000 kids in our centre of excellence that, that our ownership group wants to build outside Toronto. So all the development stuff is coming. We understand that we want to put some concrete footprints down there. We don't want anything that's built in sand. And so we've got to transfer and transport all that excitement and enthusiasm on the side. There are five professional sports teams in Toronto. And the big question mark is you won't get off the ground. We had eight, eight and a half thousand there at the weekend. I reckon by the playoff time will be 10,000. And it will grow. The, everybody's saying we'll be at the BMO soon, which is where TFC plays. So there's the soccer, there's the basketball, there's the Blue Jays. We had to support them. We won the championship shield from the Blue Jays, from the Argos, from the Raptors. All of two and three million Twitter followers. So you younger, sexy people will understand all about the power of social media. We have a great social media presence. We've got a lot of vibrancy going for the game in Toronto. I think our challenge is being accepted here. Now, all I will say is for two years, we've tried to win hearts and minds. We've helped other clubs promote their games. We've done all the things um, that I hope will prove to the fact that we're genuinely serious about developing our great game over there. And you know something else? Nobody's shown me anything any different that's got a better potential than we have because the money in sports in North America and you three will know this, is jaw-droppingly good. Mm. So if I tell you that the top player at the Blue Jays earns more money than the whole of the salary cap for the Super League, the whole of it, by a, by a country mile, then if we crack this market of potential, the world is genuinely our oyster. And do you know what? As a proud Brit and a proud Englishman and Yorkshireman, I look at that and I think, if there's that kind of money available and the finances available, all of a sudden... The bidding power of the NRL becomes parity because of the money you're creating. And all of a sudden, the Greg Inglises and the Ben Barbers won't be going back home, whether he goes or he doesn't know, we don't know, but that's the story. But the Greg Inglises and the Sam Burgesses will be coming back who are superstars on the eastern seaboard of Australia. 
you know what, Will, we might even go back into rugby union. I might want that Ben Teo back and I might want all of the top stars of England and share them all out, share all this talent out and get the game back to where it probably was in, in public standing in this country. We, we've all got semi-ons in here now. Do you know what, Nobby? You, you can, you sell, can. A, you can you sell a can. dream, Nobby. He is. We're it's all unbelievable. In. We're in. We're all John, in. John, I know you've got a question. It's not a dream. It's not, <laughs> not a dream. It, it, it's not a dream, I promise you. I, I wake up every morning, I this, this drive. And they, have there been complications? Oh, my God. I've never done anything as hard in my life behind the scenes, I promise you. Have there been hurdles to jump through? Of course I have. <laughs> Do I think some of the demands that have been placed upon us are ridiculous? Yeah, but I understand why they're doing it. And going to Robert, he's every right to be anxious and cautious. Every right. So what I would say is, in the, the initial meetings that I've had with Robert, and when we were talking about, so the stories going around at the time, and this is just to give you a little bit of clarity, guys, is about visas, um, about what the accommodation and travel would be like in Toronto when the Super League clubs get there for the middle eights, and the fixture format. And we've batted... Well, and, and so Robert Elson and the RFL, and this is how it should be, and uh, I don't want to jump the gun, but we've given a quite difficult task in the middle eight, for my mind, when the, the fixtures are sanctioned and actually released, I think, on Wednesday, Wednesday lunchtime. It won't be an easy task, trust me. Uh, but this is the final product, and, and we'll get what we've done. The fact about visas is, I'm confident, I can tell you now, the fact is, nobody has been refused for a visa, but the stories that we like to see get dramatic though the Barrow only come with 15 players well Barrow played for the previous two weeks with 15 players in the U- <laughs> in the UK it was nothing to do with visas the fact that somebody else and I can't name for legal reasons the clubs but you know what some players don't even tell their own clubs that they've had some convictions so when they get to the airport they say well you didn't report that on your list anybody that goes through the process that we dished out from the 21st of April has got in and have there been some issues? Yeah, but we've got over those issues. And I think that sometimes the mythology that's created around situations uh, has been ridiculous. And we've rebutted that behind the scenes. I'm pretty confident that Robert Selson is still on the case. He'll, he'll want to see it for himself. I can't wait for him to come to a game because I haven't found anybody yet in the two seasons of this who's been doing this, from the League One and the Championship Clubs, haven't said, this is brilliant. This is an event. This is what rugby league should be all about. And have there been some clunky bits? Costa has. It's life that you try and smooth those over bits. But game day experience for me and, and the new fans, there's eight, nine, ten thousand new fans watching this game. I want it. Mm. Loads have been over to England. There were 50 Wolves that went to Millennium Magic when we played Toulouse. They're guys who've just never seen the game before, it's rocked up in Wolves suits saying, yeah, we've come over from Toronto. And that's what will happen, you know, that people will, it, it will fly. You know, I'm a big believer in positive self-determination and, and, and you cannot aim the fact that Toronto might not bring as many fans as other clubs into a home well I've always had the principle that you've got to fill your own stadium it's as simple as that yeah they can't really you do that fans, you get it, it, is. Yeah. No. it, it just if the, if the business model if, if you don't go up this season just to play devil's advocate does the business model go yeah. tits up yeah, the, the business, yeah, of course it stands up. David and the ownership group are committed for seven years. They put no pressure. We're, the pressure we put are the ones we put on ourselves. But for professional reasons and for excitement reasons, I'd love for our fans to experience Super League. I'd love for three or four or 500 from Leeds or St. Helens and Wigan go out and experience what we experience every week. Because I promise you, they'll come back and they'll love it. 
You know, it's like it's like a good night down down at Cash. It's not the best stadium in the world, but when it's full and bouncing, it energizes you. You feel the energy and the and the feel for that stadium and and what you do. And, and I think sometimes we get lost, guys, in in the fact that well, you know, it doesn't have this, that, and the other. We should focus on what it does have, and I promise you, on game day, it's a sensational event. Well, it's had it's had a lot of buy-in from the players. I know I've I've spoken to a few lads who've who've played uh, for Rochdale and yeah. other teams over there, and they've loved it. And I was I was pretty gutted myself that uh, we're sold for playing you guys uh, in, in Manchester rather than over there. So I was a bit pissed yeah. off we couldn't yeah. have, have the trip. But I, I must say that the lads I've spoken to have, have have loved it and, and thought it's a great experience. Bra- Brian, t- well, talk us through D- David Argyle. Um, just because yeah. you know, behind every team there's this mythical owner, or that you know, all teams have yeah. an owner. Um, David yeah. Agal's the owner of Toronto. Um, yeah. You know, some people will know about him, others won't. Can you paint a portrait of this man uh, for us? It's slightly unfair. There are a couple of other blokes that are with him, but he seems to come front and centre when it's mentioned. He's a uh, is uh, an Australian by birth from Perth, uh, grew up in a mining family. Um, he's just a, a, a world-class individual and a world-class traveller, you know, and, and he, he loves the game. He lo- he's a rugby union player himself. He played at, I can't remember, it was Michigan or something. And I think the lessons he, he learned from having the oval ball in his hand of that friendship and comradeship, he wants to bring to Toronto. Um, Eric Perez was, was the dreamer in the making. You know, he was the one that established the club and got it going and, David was one of the investors, but David certainly carried on the baton with others. You know, it's his, his, his dream is to... And those that have, have seen the games in League One and the Championship probably have bumped into him on the terraces. He goes on the terraces, he mixes with people, he speaks to people. He, he is a man of the people in many respects. And so, um, as well as a man of mystery sometimes, he does, he does travel and work really, really hard himself in his own business. So, But he manages... He's a freak in many respects because I could be speaking to him from Nigeria on the Wednesday on the Thursday in London. And he's one of these world travellers that I don't know how he knows where he is. I'll be quite honest with you. <laughs> I don't know how he knows what time zone he's in. That'll be in but the ca- camper van he's, soon. He's got the, he, yeah, he's got um, he's got the heart of, of the of the game of, of rugby. Certainly, uh, genuinely dying his aspirations to show our great ways off. He's been, become a great fan of rugby league but studies it as well you know it's not foolish he was out in Brisbane doing the World Cup along with Paul Bunn the, the CEO there and things like that and so yeah he, he's got his, his aspirations he's big on, on media and, and things like that uh, and bear in mind the ownership group uh, I've stumped up a lot of cash over the last two years to, to keep this dream alive and will continue to do so well, Nobby, I, I want a job for one. So if you can get me out of Salford, please. No problem. Um, you take can me be over. a chief bottle washer. Yeah, I'll wash the ball. I'll wash your balls as well if you can get me over there. Um... <laughs> be careful where you say that, Will. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's any way of getting out of that one now. And, uh... <laughs> um, John and Mark, interested going to Toronto? Absolutely. Sounds. Brian has painted a beautiful picture of uh, what I think is something that Super really exciting, exciting for the yeah. game. Yeah. It's the most insane city. I've got family there, Brian. It's the most insane city as well. I love it. Absolutely what a love city. It. Yeah, what, what a, a place. city. What I mean, a place. Take away the fact they've got five massive sports teams. It's a brilliant city. Yeah. Of all the big cities I've been to, clearly I love Sydney and Melbourne doing the, doing the Australia things great, all the bits in Europe. Mm. Toronto is up there nine out of ten. 
I'll tell you what, I'll text you some naughty little dives to head to as well. <laughs> Don't I'll, go to I'll, I'll I'll Do I'm already not go to them. <laughs> 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 you can check them off together. I've been yeah. done it, yeah. done it. Need yeah. to do it. <laughs> Mate, you're a legend, Nobby, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. So much passion. Uh, that's what I love about you. You know, you're weird, but you, you, you've got... We're all weird. Yeah, we're yeah. definitely weird. I we love do. you. I love yeah. you, Nobby. And, um, and, and, you know, you sold the yeah. dream to people there. So thanks for coming on. Cheers. Big love, guys. Cheers, love. Brian. Love Thank you. you mate. Thanks, Nobby. Bye-bye. Cheers, Bye-bye. Whippets and flat caps. Question time. Question time. Question time. Time for questions. Question time. Question time. Question time. Yeah, time. Question for questions. 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 Uh, first question this week. Are we still giving away lunch for four? By the way, market Riga yes. Bianchi. We are. This is two. This is. Why, why are you asking me? Well, I, I don't know. Well, I'll ask John. John? Yes, we are. Yeah, we are. Absolutely. So, um, Just haven't done so for a month. No, we'll, we'll, do we'll do it today. We'll do I've it today. I've got a feeling. Yeah. We'll do it today. No, we're going we're gonna to pick a winner today. I'm going to buy a three-piece suite as well. Um, who, By the way, who put the tweet out sort of saying, send your questions in now? I think we need a bit more imagination next time. Well, I did it because you two... Fig- yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, it kind of represents your personality. Well, John won't do it, but yeah. But just put Wait, me, I'm bland, yeah. yeah just just maybe we'll continue. A bit more creativity Continue. Next continue. Time. Okay, uh, three, pe- three people liked it though, to be honest. Three so, likes. Yeah. Continue. No. Here we go. And the first question on the list this week for Whippets and Flat Caps question time. Question time. Question time. James St. Lattic. How will this week differ to a normal week? Game week for John. How will it differ? Um, not a great deal. Um, there's not a huge amount different. The one big difference is we played Thursday last week, and we play, you know, at the weekend. More TV week. responsibilities, maybe. We get a big media bit. for um, John. Potentially, we we had a big press day today. All the media um, lovers. Yeah, no, but there's not a huge amount of difference. It's important not to make it too different. That being said, if you get to the final, it's completely different, isn't it? So there's not a massive, not a massive change. I'm not a big fan of changing too much. Um, what will the RFL come up with? when Leeds play Toronto in the MPG? I don't think they will, but... That's from Richard Morton. What do you mean, what would they come up with? What do you mean a big What like will a big the RFL occasion? come up with when Leeds play Toronto in the MPG? Like maybe they'll just come up with... Like new rules. New or suits. Or maybe new the RFL will all buy new suits. Yeah. Um, no, I, th- what I, th- I think he's alluding to the fact that that's going to be a big game or it's this new up-and-coming Toronto club against Leeds, one of the Giants, and maybe it is that which he is excited about. Um, Adam Anthony Ebre says, would you rather be tall and bald or short with hair? Mark, why don't we start with you? I'd rather have tall um, and have decent hair like myself. Yeah, that's not an option. Like myself. Well, that's not an option. Tall and bald. Tall and bald or short with hair? John Wilkin. Well, so it's essentially aimed at you two, isn't it? The question. Like shortish with hair and tallish with bald. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Bald. You're like, yeah. Tallish with bald. That's, well, that doesn't... You, no, Flash, Flash made, Flash has made a recovery hair-wise. Yes, it's astonishing. But I would... I'm not bothered either way, really. I'm I think you can be nice both sides of it. I'm going to go short okay, with hair. I've got a question from David Rigby. Do you have a teammate who interrupts us constantly as Will Yes, I do. <laughs> as constantly as Will does to Mark. So okay, it's interesting the next question. Our, our listeners know what a, a prick you are interrupting me well, all no the time. No one's interested in hearing from you. Knock, well, knock. no one's interested in hearing from you. No, are the knock, talent. No, yeah. no. You're just, you're just answering the, the question. I'm the second best knock. talent. You're just, you knock, know, knock. Like, not even third. Don't let him talk. Knock, knock. Who's there? The interrupting cow. <laughs> 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 Comedy goal. Uh, oh. 
You are the Gary you are interrupting Tet- cow. Gary Tetlow says, if John Wilkin and Captain Jibbers, Jibbers, Jibbers. put in the ring WWE style, who would take the victory? On, on Is this Jibbers the one who's got a, a very pirate. horrible looking pirate on his, his picture? Correct. Yeah. yeah, probably Jibbers. He'd maybe he'd made me walk the gangplank mm. in Jewsbury. Mm. Um, Christoph Ikert, I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, what are the predictions, Mark, for the qualifiers? Um, win, KR, win, 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 KR win, leads win. ourselves up. Witness Toronto million pound game. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anything could happen, honestly. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. The big challenge for the championship teams is playing at a high level for a number of weeks. Mm-hmm. Toronto have been amazing, but have they been challenged week on week on week? And mm-hmm. that'll be the test for them, playing tough games week after tough, week. Tough, committed. Paul Swift, thoughts on GB Lions? Is five years between the first two tours too long? Four would be better. Why five? I don't know, four is a World Cup cycle, it's the same rugby union. It's part of rugby league's innovation again. Let's do five. <laughs> Why? Let's do list the reasons things ten. we've innovated. Well, we did, went from four to five. 1985 <laughs> Muggleton fan says, what would you prefer? I always like a question that starts like that. He says, to be top of the league in brackets winning every week. So, Mark, maybe not you, but you did win oh, the last, definitely last not week. Definitely not Playing with people that you dislike or... Playing with your good mates at the bottom of the league, losing winning, every week. Winning, like you winning, and Luke Burgess. Winning, 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 winning. The only reason you play a sport is to win. Yeah, you just have other at friends. Level, at yeah. our level, at our level, you've got other friends. Yeah, yeah. Away from the game. Um, Mark Illingworth says, "My mates just had a baby girl, but hasn't got a name for her yet. Any suggestions?" Donna, <laughs> Chantel. I'm going to go with Mark. Mm. That's John. That's John. <laughs> I thought you were suggesting John? a name, Mark. <laughs> Mercedes. Oh, Mercedes. Actually, we had. Um, what about we, flat caps? We did a, um, <laughs> a a promo with the school, and halfway through, we were presenting prizes to ki- uh, these kids, and one of the teachers shouted at the kid, and went, "Sambuka, will you behave yourself?" Shut up! No. Shut and I up. lost my shit. Shut I, up! Yeah, there was a girl called Sambuka who was six years oh old. Oh my god! What was, was her first name? Sam and her last name Buka. <laughs> she's from she's from Romania. Oh, maybe. Yeah, Sam Buka. It could have been. Yeah. Um, next question here is from Tom Willow. Top sportsmanship after Wilco and Ben Westwood came together last Thursday. What's the best bit of sportsmanship Flash or John have witnessed? Best bit of sportsmanship. Um, a little chody kid at school called and- Andrew Hendry uh, got knocked out during a game of football. And uh, Gary Lee, who was a very chubby Chinese kid, carried him off the field. That's nice. When John and I, <laughs> Gary Lee. When Gary John and I Lee. clashed heads, half hole, half China, and he was sparked <laughs> yeah, out. Amazing. I tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Are you okay, mate?" I thought yeah. that was my, quite big of me. My wife has revived someone from a horse sack on a rugby field. That was the producer. <laughs> <laughs> and then Paulo Di Canio was the other one. Paulo Di Canio, uh, with. Um, at, yeah, who was it? Someone was injured and he caught the ball. I think... Um, Harry yeah. Redknapp showed them. It rarely gets celebrated, does it? Sportsmanship. <laughs> usually talk about the other bits. Winning. Winning and stuff. Um, yeah. Sam Crossley, are players required to do community stuff, e.g. going into schools, or is it more voluntary? Community what's service. The, what's, the, what's the weirdest, funniest community event you've ever done? Uh, the Steward Awards at St. Helens. <laughs> Steward of the Year Awards. <laughs> Didn't How you, do you win Steward of the to prank Pete Emmett, who's the MC from yeah. St. Helens Corporate, and yeah. invite I, him to I, Stoke City. I actually booked the MC from St. Helens for Stoke 
uh, football's MC uh, Steward of the Year awards. But I actually went. The reason that idea came into my head is I did the Saint Helens Steward of the Year awards. How do you win that? Well, awards you tell me. Was the most important uh, for well, a steward? They were like Club uh, steward, steward, of well, there was steward of the Year, Young Steward of the Year. Um, stewardess of the year. Stewardess of the year. The but the the uh, steward of the year was was Dave. Young and, uh, stewardess they, of the they year. They did Another like one. you know they almost did like biography. You know the reason why Dave won steward of the year. Yeah. Let's see it, this it video. Went, it went something like yeah exactly. Okay. It went it was just like a forlorn sort of rainy day. You see a high vis jacket walk into the nearest shot, and then it's gate E, and it's like Dave said stood on gate E all year, dead committed. Not an easy gate gate E. You're, there's a confluence between the away fans and the home fans. Dave stood there relentlessly all year. Steward E, Gate, <laughs> Steward of the Year, Dave. And I was like, what the hell? Or was it like the Oscars where they yeah. put the cameras around all the other stewards who were clapping, yeah. just pretended to be happy yeah. to one? Like, and there was oh, Jeff yeah. just fuming on F. He was like, what the hell? This is Jeff nonsense. On Jeff, Jeff on it. Fucking Jeff. Um, Emma, no, this one, Frank Franklin. Last week, I saw Sean Wayne riding a bike in Standish, wearing a pair of cowboy boots and some short 1992 Elgren Wigan shorts. Would it be better for the game if our head coach is dressed like this during games? A bit like if you saw Brian Noble riding his bike with a Stormtrooper's helmet. What's going on with coaches or former coaches? <laughs> I like it, it's weird. Brian with the <laughs> Stormtrooper's helmet on. Sean Wayne with cowboy boots on. There's a really kinky coach convention where they've got a bike there. Kinky so, Coach Convention. King, mm. Kinky Coach Convention. Oh, alliteration. Yeah, I've just seen uh, Steve Price wearing chaps <laughs> and, a, and, a, and, a, and a seat <laughs> and a bike with no seat on it. I wonder if they ever cycle past each other, whether they ever notice each other when like Brian Noble goes past Sean Wayne in his yeah. cowboy boots. Well, it's like the it's like a thing you never speak of, mm. the Kinky Coach Convention. <laughs> but I think you're right, Frank. Wouldn't it be better if they're dressed like that for the games? That would be good, wouldn't it? Rather mm. than a sort of club track suit. Just, mm. you know, spurs, He's answered his own question on. though, but yeah. 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 One thing I always think would be funny is when we're on a TV game and they've got the camera in the side, you know, in, in the corner, and they go to the change room, don't they? They like flash through to the change room. I always thought it'd be funny at half time if the club dressed the changing room like a Wild West saloon or something. You know, and the players <laughs> we were in doors. there, we were just in there in, in fancy dress as cowboys. <laughs> Won't that be funny? Carl Amor comes through the barn yeah. doors into the shower. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Um, Emily Stout. How well have Halifax done getting into the middle eights again? And should Richard Marshall be given a chance at Super League? Yes and yes. How well is like how well have they done? Very well. Well, well very well. Really ten. well. Oh come on. Well, oh well. Give Emily, done a, well. give Emily a chance. Answer really a question. Well. Answer a question. They've done really, really well. Should he should he get a shot at a coaching Super I think they've had one Richard of the lowest Marshall. budgets in the championship or Certainly a lot less than the other five yeah. teams in the top half. Uh, and he's, he was at Warrington for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he worked under Tony Smith. I mean, yeah, to be seen. He'll yeah. get a chance if he's good enough, won't he? Mm -hmm. Nicholas Fletcher, do you see PKB sponsoring a rugby league team ever? Actually not, because they're tight as fuck. If yes, which team would you get best value for your ad? Mm. Mm. Salford? No. Toronto sounds good after novels. It does, but I'm back, yeah, backing him in. Yeah. And they're sponsored by Air Transat. Yeah, we might, just, might have to sponsor our own podcast. That's what it's looking like. Yes. Um, so Will gets paired and we just get our own. Exactly. Money. That's the best option at the moment. Dan Heyman. Tax. Terry O'Connor, Barry Mack, Phil Clark, Snog, Marry, Avoid. Go. Snog, Phil Clark. Snog, Phil Clark, best of the three. Marry. Barry. Barry. Because Mack. I know him better than Terry. I know. Avoid, avoid Terry. Because his head's large. It looks malformed and he says shot too much when he's commentating when someone does a big tackle yeah Ian uh, 
who do JW and Mark see as the future superstars of the game? They're just younger players. Eventually then become proficient just enough. The younger good players. Yeah, younger. You know when you get a young player who's really good and then they then become the good players. A lot of them, That's yeah. what I see being the stars. Mm. Kay Prescott, Mark mentioned last week about comments from a young lad and what they can do to upset you. Clearly the shoutings of random nutters in the stand who Mentalists. hate everyone. Can you hear them? Can you? I've just completely misinterpreted their questions. I read it properly. Kay Prescott, Mark mentioned last week about the comments from the young lad. Can you clearly hear the shoutings of the random nutters in the stand who clearly hate everyone and everything? Keep having to move away from the Muppets. Yes. Can you? you? Can. can you hear the hatred? Yeah, of course yeah. you can. You can hear the... Shit! Yeah. Shit, Wilkin! Yes, you can hear crap it. Crap on the telly you can hear as it. well. It's usually my yeah. mum. <laughs> ah, James Charles, you crap! <laughs> And then he Flanagan, gives it get out of the club. Yeah, you're, get, you're, you're taking get, all the money. You're, you're boring. Out, out of the club. And you're bored. You're, you're boring. And you're not bored anymore. You're boring. You're boring. You're boring. And you're yeah, married. Yeah, you're boring. And you're married. And your dad's bald. That's it. Oh, got him there, didn't I? Yeah. Wilkin, you're running like you're wearing your granddad's slippers. Terry, your butties are shit. Wilkin, why do you keep kicking the ball? Yeah. Wilkin. Just hook off and die. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yeah, but is it, yeah, you is can there, hear is some there, stuff. Is there ever an occasion you sort of turn around? And... Wilkin, why do you think you can play halfback? You <laughs> shite. <laughs> Here he goes again. <laughs> Your dogs are shit. Oh, yeah, oh, that was me. Um, <laughs> what do you do? You just laugh. Some, sometimes it's funny, isn't it? Mm. Other times it's not. Other times you actually think, I hope that person doesn't have children. Otherwise, oh. his children have no chance. Oh, I thought you just meant you wouldn't want it you know, as a punishment. No, well, well genetically, it'd be better if he didn't procreate, wouldn't it? Well, pretty, Sometimes. Much, pretty much everyone from Hull. Uh, uh, Steve Mellis, <coughs> has uh, an opposition player ever mentioned the podcast to you during a game? Hashtag oh, yeah. put that in your podcast. Yeah, Ryan Atkins said it. From the stand. Did it during the no, game? No, didn't. <laughs> no, of course he didn't. What a brilliant, what a brilliant. Mark, is no. that a double no? No. We'll have to work on that one. Um, Kyron Proudfoot, should the transfer window for signings uh, for the middle eights be brought forward as it gives current Super League teams a bit of an unfair advantage over the championship teams? Not bothered. Don't like. You're deadlines. not bothered because you don't play in them. No, I'm Mark, just not bothered. It's not like deadlines. Uh, I just, free I think, trade we not players. Is it not changing anywhere next year? Yeah, well, the, the, the structure is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. but it's, yeah, yeah. Um, Peter Baines, what's the funniest sledge that you've heard an opposition player give one of your own teammates? We've had that question. We have, yes. Are we funniest mm. sledge that you've heard someone? Yeah, well, I didn't, you? I didn't. I said about the uh, Andy Farrell, Peter Shields, and Matty Johns. Oh yeah, yeah. Doesn't Kieran it? Jones, if Adrian Lamb gets the Wigan job, how do you think he'll go? Good. Um, I think yeah, it'll do. It'll do really well. But I was trying to get a joke with Barring, you know, Adrian Lamb, but you know, but I couldn't. I was trying to think of Lamb-related jokes. Mm. Lambs to the slaughter would be a headline, wouldn't it? Cause he's already yeah. written yeah. in a rugby league play- paper somewhere. Yeah, the Lambing shed. Okay. Has he got the job? Is that? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Jeff Strettle. You made a reference last week that rugby league is a working-class sport. What makes you think that this is true? Uh, our history, socio-economic regions, yeah. the towns and cities that it grows up in. Well, it's fundamentally based around the Industrial Revolution, so the factories which the had most cash time. in that time employed the best players. Um, well, Nobby so alluded to it, didn't he? He was a policeman, they went through the miners' strike yeah. and a lot of his teammates 
played for teams that yeah, we were are. going through out the strike. The roots, and he the roots of our game are working class, without doubt. Mm. Without doubt. Now, that, there's exceptions constantly. Doubt. No the, doubt. But no I, diggity. The, the, big, <laughs> the big difference between rugby league and union was the fact that the Industrial Revolution marked the, the, the formation. We're we not just stating the obvious here. Yeah. yeah. But okay. what I'm saying is I'm answering the question. Mean. Jeff. Yeah. Right. Stating the obvious, uh, yeah, but it was, it was sort of expanded on his why like we think that, not yes. Yeah, uh, well, he thinks differently. It, that's why he's asked the question. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. Well, maybe he's just asking. No, I think he thinks differently. Okay, Liam Doyle, what goes through your mind when you're going to leave one on someone like Wilkin on Westwood on Thursday? Is it premeditated or does it just happen? I didn't mean to hit him high, but I meant to go and try and hit him. Ooh. No, that's, that's rugby. The game, yeah, that's rugby. That's I, know. I just like to go. I wanted to go. <sighs> That's the game, yeah. Get off your line, and get stuck in. It's like when you, you know, sometimes at work, to, you know, you like we go and hit each other. Will you'll just maybe backstab somebody who's in a presenting job yeah. via WhatsApp with a microphone. Oh, oh. Um, Jonathan Duncan, one player from your playing past you would like to play in your team today. Flash, you can't name twelve. John, you seem to be warming to the idea of Toronto. Is that your next destination, if no, a new contract's not offered to you by St. Helens? Well, it could be. After Brian Noble's rousing war cry tonight, it could be. I think, I think you'd <laughs> sign for Toronto. I'd sign for We're all in. Everybody's, everybody's doing it. I think he did offer me a job, didn't he? Mm. Washing his balls. Mm. One player from previous clubs. I'd, I'd pick John Wilkins to play left-back row. Yeah, John, who would you pick? Mark Flanagan. Oh, Oh. But he'd play off the bench because I'd be playing loose. Yeah, I'd just have a quick five-minute cameo at the end. when that bike Dance how you win. No. Um, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down to Dan Hilton's question. Kind of had a similar question before, but you can answer it quickly. Would you rather have hands for feet or feet for hands? We have had that question. Uh, we hands had fingers. Feet. Hands for feet. And legs, not hands and feet. Hands for feet. Hands for feet. Yeah, because you could just... Hands for feet. Let me just think about that. Hand, so hands. What? If I, yeah, ha- if I hands for feet would be actually quite good, wouldn't it? You could I'd hang be- upside down on a tree. I can't really feel my... Hold four pints. Yeah. <laughs> just, just sit on your ass. Yeah, that's fine, though. Masturbate with four hands. No, yeah. why? Again. Uh, Phil H. Um, what's the worst, best case of mistaken identity on or off the pitch? What's your worst case? Um, Dean Gaffney. My... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mine, because my name's... Jo- I've said this, haven't I? I'm sure I've said this. Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah, because my name's John Wilkin. So you're guys, both guys, very good kickers of the No, guys the look at you. You're getting a taxi, say, in London. Yeah. And they go, all right, mate. He said, you look like you play a bit of sport. I said, mate, what yeah. do you do? I said, oh, you play rugby. Yeah. It's oh, all right. Yeah. The guy said, oh, what, do you play professionally, like? And he go, I am... <laughs> Where uh, are these guys from? I, from Wales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I've been living in London for four years, so a bit weird. Um... And you think, well, yeah, so you tell them. And they go, oh, what's your name? I'll look out for you. And when you say John Wilkin, they think rugby John Wilkin. And they, they go, oh. yeah. and they're looking in the wing mirror. And they're like, You're the not view. fucking Johnny Wilkinson. Yeah. You yeah, slag. Yeah, he's a liar. You try to mug me get up, aren't you, boy? Get this get boy, his get out of taxi. Get out of taxi now. Wilkinson, Ed. Why are, you, why are they looking in the wing mirror? They drive, are you driving behind them? No, he just no. had his head out the window. So, <laughs> and, and so did I. I was like a dog in the back. You know, I just had my head out. With and the, then he... Happened to look out and we crossed crossed eyes. He thought Johnny Wilkinson had a breakdown. He had his head out the taxi window. (laughs) Uh, Ryan Ford, worst professional coach you've worked under. Mark Flanagan. Name names. You've got one. I can see it. It's in there. It's all been great. I haven't got one. I can see one in there. No? 
Certainly not Ian Watson, my current coach. John Wilkinson. No, it's not. Um, I, don't think, I think what in terms of what, like every coach is different, aren't they? Worst, the worst one that springs to mind. But it's not, it's not a linear measure, is it? Best and worst. There's like different shades of. They're all different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the most successful is that the best? No, not necessarily. Depending on the team, isn't it? And mm. I, 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 I break it down the best player coach in terms of improving an individual's um, game would probably be Nathan Brown. Mm. Motivator, nobby, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, not talking about the best here. Talking about the worst. All right, then. You're the worst presenter I've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> mm. um, elongated musket. It's a, it's a play on Elon Musk. Okay. Mm. Who is? Who is? Tesla. Tesla. <laughs> Tesla. 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 And what did he do? He was in the news recently, wasn't well, he? Well, because he was going to rescue the well. Thai boys yes. with a drill. He called someone a paedophile. He called someone yeah. a paedophile. That was it. He did call someone a paedophile. Uh, and he's apologised, so it's fine. You're all paedophiles. Sorry. You're not. He says, you're about to be sent back in time to assassinate Hitler. You could take three other people with you to complete the mission. Who do you take and why? I just take Bruce Springsteen. I don't I don't need anyone else. You go. To, to assassinate Hitler? Yeah. Oh. Hmm. I'd take uh, James Childs, the referee. Yeah. Why? <laughs> why? Just so he could be there. Uh, <laughs> just to give a decision whether he was he'd passed away or not. Um, he they'd probably the get the wrong one. Well, he yeah, goes but, to TMO. Yeah, exactly. Let's call the screen your TMO's rugby union. Ah. Yeah, so that's you all over, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mm. I'd probably take Paul Anderson, the former St. Allen's player. Because what I think <laughs> I'm envisaging how I would kill Hitler is I'd have James Charles at the bottom of the hill. Yeah. And I'd just roll Paul Anderson down the hill over Hitler. Mm. And that's how he'd die. Yeah, he'd crush him, yeah. Yeah. How would you kill Hitler, Mark? Anybody else or just those two? No, I, just, I only need two. Yeah. I'll send. I'll just. I'll bring one just for fun. I'll bring you, Mark. <laughs> you can help me rolling. Just to watch. You'd have probably need two of you, wouldn't you? Yeah. How would I kill Hitler? Hammers. Cats. Cats. Hammers. hammers. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and who would you have with you? I'd have uh, Luke Burgess. Yeah. Um, Tom Burgess and yeah. George Burgess. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all just big and strong. What George actually, because he looks looks like he's of the Aryan race. What about no Sam doesn't get on the trip? No, he's. He's, um, he's had enough fun, isn't he's he? He's busy, and they probably recognise him, and then our yeah. cover will be blown. Hitler, just going, ah. That's his Sam Burgess. Nathan Davis. He knows how to fool more, more. What, he's not Korean? What the hell? Do your German accent again. Wait, hang on a minute. Can we get Flash to do his German accent again? Yeah, it's good. That's his Sam Burgess. That's Austrian. Well, he was Austrian. Yeah. Oh, he was, you're right. Yeah, you're he right. was. So, thank you. Yeah, but the first shot. one was like... Yeah, I know, you caught me off Oh, my God. Dirty Sam Burgess. Oh, my God. Yeah, enough of the racism. Thank you. It's not racism, doing accents. Oh, Kawasaki. That's, <laughs> That's not, No, it's not. It's not. Japanese motorbike brand. We didn't mention any sort of stereotypical Japanese brands. from that. Nathan Davis, player sponsors. How do you handle them if they're dicks? Also... What's the shittest player sponsor you've had? The Curtain oh. Wizard. <laughs> Flashes is the Curtain Wizard. The Curtain Wizard, he hated him. Didn't you hate the Curtain Wizard, Mark? Tell everyone about Tell the everyone. Curtain Wizard. Come on. Mark, 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 Mark. Who's the Curtain Wizard? Go on. Who is the Curtain Wizard? I can't remember. Come on. <laughs> he was sponsored on, by the Curtain Wizard. Stop being a pussy, come on. Well, looks like John's telling you the story. No, you tell it. Well, I don't know the story, I just know the Curtain come Wizard. Come on, there are no secrets in the basement. If you call yourself a wizard... Hmm. Hmm. No. Would you want to be a wizard of the curtain world? 
I don't know what you're talking about. No, there's a guy who's a business sponsored St. Helens called The Curtain Wizard. He sponsored Mark. Okay. I was just trying to just trying to incite a bit of awkwardness in was Mark. He, was he a dick, Mark? No, he wasn't, no. Mark. I was just winding Mark up. And nor could we admit it if that was a lie. Okay. So we're not going to get a story. There is no story. All my sponsors have been great. You just great. have to be civil, don't you? All the sponsors on your testimonial were good, weren't they, John? Oh, bloody great. Mm. All of them. Let's thank all, all that money. Let's thank all the sponsors for the testimonial race day. Uh, Steve Wood, Steve WO31576538, tweeted, If Saints do make the final of the Cup, who would you rather play, Warrington or Leeds? Don't give the usual not bothered. We're just focusing on the performance line, you wanker. You'd rather play Leeds? I added the wanker bit in. Well, you don't get a choice, do you? Who would I rather play? Yeah. The team that wins is oh, the team you'd least rather play. No, who would you, who's shitter out the two? Come on. Well, who no. do you want to play? Who's, well, Leeds are worse. Right. But that doesn't mean you want to play them. Whoever wins that game deserves to be there, so you'd probably least rather play them. Green Bay Saint, SE. If on Desert Island Discs, what would be your one record, one book, one luxury item, but also one memory you would take with you from your rugby league career? John mm. Wilkin, your one record. Go. One record, that's really it. That is We've done this nigh on impossible. Don't dream it's over. Uh, crowd, yeah, we have done it, Mark. No, well no, but it wasn't that whole list of things, was it? Okay, so one book. Go on, give me a book. Uh, one book. Like what would I take? A Brief History of Time by Stephen <laughs> yeah, Hawkins, just because I'm listening to it. It's a great book. Are you listening to it or reading I'm it? listening to it on Does Audible. he recite it through his... <laughs> no, he doesn't, which I was well, I was so disappointed it wasn't him. Am quite... I allowed to do his accent or not? Yeah, that's not racist, so yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. No? No. Um, quite good at that one, aren't you? I am. I would like no, to no, it's not. eat. I have cock. been sponsoring Dewsbury Rams now for six years. <laughs> Would it be quite cumbersome to listen to a whole book of that? I think I was better. Yeah, you were. I think I was. Well, you're better on TV and presenting than well. Right, I, well, <laughs> different, different, different skills. Different, it's your choice. Different needs. It's my choice. Yeah. <laughs> different um, needs, Mark. No, book, sorry, yeah. Book, uh, Phil Knight, I've just item. started reading sorry, uh, I'm gonna The Founder of Night. <laughs> Man, I'm going to fucking twat you one day. You're pissing me off. It's not your time. I'd, I'd no, bring, you're pissing me off. Bring one Elon, luxury item. Elon Musk's drill. <laughs> okay. And one memory from Rugby League. One memory from Rugby League. Yeah. Oh, just the, the full memory of my career. All okay. of it. <laughs> Mark, the night best guy of the is your book. The you're, he's guy. genuinely <laughs> he's really angry. He doesn't it. <laughs> record. <laughs> one record. Something boring. Um, I don't know. Luxury. The cause. Luxury. The <laughs> 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 <Cause> is genius. <laughs> <laughs> the cause. <laughs> Uh, 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 sing a chorus song. I've run away. Is that run away with me? Was that the cranberries? No, was it? I don't think that is the chorus. That's my favourite. That's my favourite chorus. Is it? Yeah. I take the lead singer and the guitarist. I know you've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Frank, yeah. don't worry. Uh, Mark, one memory from rugby league. Just oh, I was playing with John. Yeah. Four years. <laughs> and one luxury item, Mark, just to finish off this great um, question. Don't know. Sponge, yeah. so I can wash myself. I would love to see. I would love to see Flash. I don't know why, but I'm imagining the cars on the desert island with him. Flash of the cars. Flash holding his sponge, walking around a desert island. What was his luxury? What was your luxury item? Did you pick one? Oh, but don't worry, he's got a night. Uh, the book. That was the, the sponge. Guy wrote night. Oh the guy yeah. Wrote night. Yeah, yeah. Shoe dogs. Shoe dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, couple more. Adam says, uh, Adam Holdstock says, apart from being knocked out by your 
mate's head. What is the dumbest way that you've ever been injured on and off the field? So I sweeped my deck in and the metal brush snapped and I degloved my finger. Oh. Took the skin off the end of my finger and I cut through all the nerves. Oh. It was the night before a game. Nerves. Nerves. Ooh. So I had to have like reconstructive surgery on the nerves in the tip of my finger. And then they put the skin back on and taped it all on. But Did I, you play? To, I played the week after. I didn't play that week. It was the night before. But I played sort of six days later. And the physio strapped my finger up, but he did it in flesh-coloured strapping, and then he put a little white tip on it, a fingernail, <laughs> and then we had to draw a knuckle on it. It felt like I had one giant finger. It was class, honestly. I brought my foot running, running on a beach in Sydney. Yeah, well, I was in a cast... I went, I went on holiday with two or three mates. The second day we got there was on Bondi Beach. I was running into the sea, doing my David Hasselhoff impression. Fell over, really embarrassing, and then... Went to hospital, was in a cast for the next three weeks on crutches. Very silly boy. Silly boy. Silly. I just signed at Wigan as well, Nobby was not happy. Oh. Narky Nobby. Narky Nobby. Last question of episode 25. And it's from Gaz. And he says... Has Gaz got a last name or is it just like Seal? At Gaz. He's at, at Gaz. Has he got at Gaz? At Gaz. Gaz, got it. Gaz Byrne. Mm. Spelt like... B-Y-R-N-E. Byrne. Um... As Gaz and his family, his kids looks like a good lad. Got a, he's got a toddler. He's got a, um, a baby. Uh, yeah. Hopefully there is. And a wife. And, and a wife. I don't was know it, was he from, from Gaz? Can't see the ring, but um, good. I assume that he's married, because um, we don't have sex before marriage, do we? Uh, he's well, from. You don't from have from oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Gaz Byrne, father of two adorable children, Poppy and Jude. Shout out to Poppy and Jude. John. Hello, Poppy. Shout out. Uh, and husband to the beautiful Laura. Hey Laura, hey, how are you doing? Hi Laura. Steve writes Sunday love songs. Hey Laura, <laughs> mm. the hot bar. Now we have with the, the whippets and Laura. And um, so, you, so you'd kind of think what I'm trying to say is from that, you know, sensible guy. He's probably got a you know a nice job. Two cars, maybe one smaller one for Laura to nip around to. Mm. to Dwayne and Leo. He sounds house. like Laura's got a Fiat 500. Yeah, or something akin to a Fiat yeah. 500. A little mini. And and yeah. you know he's he's got a I don't know maybe he works at sort of insurance. Respectable job, respectable saying, job. Accountant. Maybe an accountant. accountant. Or not yeah, chartered, yeah. but no, he's working No, no, he's a, he's, a, he's a tradie. He's a tradie, but he's got, he's got, he bought, he's got life insurance. Sorry, picture. He, he, he looks he's, quite hench. He's bought life insurance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thought he, about you all this. you got to Okay, so here's Gaz's question. Would you rather have a vagina on your forehead or have a <laughs> row of penises down the back <laughs> like a stegosaurus? <laughs> <laughs> a stegosaurus. Stegosaurus. I'd yeah. definitely be a stegosaurus. Yeah. And he's won the prize. <laughs> <laughs> so, Gaz, uh, yes, have you uh, a vagina on your forehead or a row of penises down your back like a stegosaurus? It would be really embarrassing if you had a tight fitting shirt and got erections, wouldn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, Gaz, you, Poppy, Jude, and Laura. Laura, hey. Are going to Ariga Bianchi. Oh, the Sunday lovely, lunch. The lovely before. Laura. You live in Warrington, not far. I mean, if you don't want to take Laura, I'll look after her for the day, go shopping with her. You can just take Poppy and Jude. Um, enjoy. Uh, quickly, what's going on in the Simbin this week? John Wilkin. Simbin, uh, Simbin, Simbin. The, the Simbin this week is the middle eight. It, okay, it's gone anyway next season, but yeah. yeah um, I'd agree with that. But I'd also go with increased professionalism of rugby league players. Uh, we had a team do on Saturday. A lot of lads didn't want to be there, yep. or they'd just turn up, have a, oh, have a like a tap water, and then they just run away. But you have like, lost eight. Run water. away with yeah, me. You had to beg them to stay and have a few mm. beers. I mean, I've got people who want to go out with me and have a beer regularly. Yeah, yeah. Um, like want to have a beer with my teammates, and they didn't want to. Mm. Okay. 
I've got oh, the kids. Yeah, they don't yeah. want to see me. Yeah, it's <laughs> different. It's changed, hasn't it? It's changed. It's changed. Max. So, iTunes, Podbean, go and download, go and subscribe now. Follow us on Twitter at WhipitsRL. Any ideas for next week? Anyone? Anyone we're getting on? What Anyone? guests? Yeah, who are we getting? Who are we getting? Uh, Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. I've tried. Bradley. We called Bradley Wings again. Should we try Bruce? <laughs> Bruce. Oh, since Springsteen's around, actually, yeah, we're trying to get Bruce Springsteen. Springsteen's over for the Wakefield and Wigan game. Brilliant. He is. He's singing well, pretty I, much. I, I, I swear on everyone that matters to me is live that we will get Bruce Springsteen on this podcast next week. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>